I'm AJ Bianco from Podcast PD, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows in the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today, this is an incredible episode. I'm talking with Jeff Eichler, who is the uh, podcast host of Getting Unstuck, Cultivating Curiosity. And we've done some other shows together. This is one of our two men on a park bench talks. And uh, today we're focused on October Sky, which is what the movie and the uh, redone uh, book um, by Homer Hickam is uh, called. Um the original name is Rocket Boys, and so we're talking about that, and we're talking, we're using the book, which is, it's incredible. I had never read it before. I'd never seen the movie. I watched the movie, and then I read the book. Oh, what a cool, cool story. What a cool book, and uh, an awesome movie, and um, got us thinking about student agency, the need for it in schools, the need to believe in the ideas and dreams of our kids. This is a great talk today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests, and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Milletto. Hey, Steve, good to see you again. Good to see you too. I'm glad to be talking with you again, Jeff. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome day yeah. in the neighborhood. Very good. And uh, as I said in the intro, we're talking today about a book that you and I read, um, Rocket Boys. And I, I just thought I would give a little bit of background on why we're talking about Rocket Boys. It really started in one way and then wound up in another, as things often do. Um, um as my listeners know, I'm taking a memoir writing class, and uh, I won't go into what inspired me about that, but one of the books that was recommended was Rocket Boys, and a, a lot of our listeners may know that book by a different name, and they may know it by the movie name, which is October Sky, and it's it's all about Homer Hickam, I'm sorry, Homer Hickam Jr., and the dawn of the space age. Uh, Homer is inspired by um, the Sputnik uh, satellite. He wants to get into rocketry, and he's uh, uh, it, it's it's a very interesting setting because um, he's into rocketry, but his father's into coal mining, and his father wants him to follow his footsteps into the into the mine, and Homer doesn't want any part of it, and. Um, I just I just found the book fascinating, Steve, because we're going to talk about this. You know, the uh, what popped into my mind that I thought was relevant for both you and I uh, being educators was that um, the theme of, that I saw was student agency, giving kids voice and choice in what they want to learn and what they want to pursue, and the rocket becomes a metaphor for that. The rocket becomes a metaphor of breaking out of the confines of Colwood, which is the town that Homer lives in. But it's also, I thought, a metaphor for breaking out of the traditional confines of education. Instead of the, the typical uh, Carnegie units, Homer Homer wants to study rocketry and, and they're not offering a class in rocketry, you know, in his high school there. So that's really what I, I saw. And it was this 
this beautiful um, metaphor for for student agency. What 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 did you see, Steve? Well, I got to tell you, Jeff. First of all, you, you know you, you you said, "Hey, have you ever thought about reading this book?" and uh, and I, I think I said to you something like, "Well, I've never I've heard of it, but I've never read it." And and so you suggested maybe watch the movie first. So I did that. You know, and so I, I watched October Sky. And it's funny, as a former high school principal, I was in schools where the the book was assigned as reading for 10th graders. And uh, lots of I saw it being carried around my school by a lot of a lot of kids, but I never read it. And uh, and I think I told you once, uh, you know, I tend to either um, read uh, books where, uh, you know, bad guys do something wrong and there's a good guy who comes in and makes sure that they uh, pay for what they did wrong. And uh um, and that's not what happens in this book. And it was so cool. And I can't thank you enough because I watched the movie. The movie was awesome. And then I read the book and uh, what an amazing life. And it, and it, and what, one of the things that I think is really cool about the book is that it, you know, if, if the reader has ever been a kid, <laughs> which, you know, hopefully everybody knows, I do know we were all kids, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, it really takes you back into those days when your imagination clicks, you know, and you, you think about, you have dreams about what you want to do and, and, uh, and oh my gosh. And, and, and so the story itself is so amazing because I agree with you about the agency there because the rockets, I mean, here's a kid who his father's in charge of the mine was right, a right. or something like that. And, and uh, his world should be about that. He's, He's not a football player like his brother, and he he thinks about different things. But he's also, I, I would say, he's not considered like you know one of the really smart kids in the campus either. Right, right. And suddenly this grabs his attention, and you know, with Sputnik and all of that, and he starts thinking about it. And and that itself alone, at first, was one of the things that just inspired me about this book because you know, as when we get to be adults, a lot of we hear a lot of voices that say things to us about, no, you can't do that. No, really? You, you think you can do, no, you know, and, or, or that's, that's dumb to waste your time on that. And we hear that a lot. As, and as a kid, we have these opportunities only if they're encouraged though, which is, I think gets back to what you're talking about. And, and man, did I love this book because it made me think about just different times, you know, in, in my life where, you know, you're working you you got this group of friends or a couple of people and you're you're going outside your box and trying to do something or or you're just I mean you're just kicking it your imagination's just kicking in at high gear and and you're thinking about what ifs and and all that sort of stuff and you know in in the early day when I, I grew up in uh, Daytona Beach Florida and uh, in the in an elementary school and those are the days of Apollo and I can remember them bringing in the, the TV sets so that we could watch as the launch happened and. And, uh, you know, and then the days of the, the space shuttle where they do similar sorts of things in college and until the Challenger accident. And, you know, it's it just made me think about all that type of stuff, though, it, the impact that it can have on a kid if you have the right adults around you or, or encouragement. And in this case, you know, there's he's thought of as a dreamer. And, you know, why don't you get your head out of the clouds and focused on, you know, doing good in the mind? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's. um it really resonated with me because I, I lived through the same period. I mean, he's just, he's slightly older than I am, but I saw Sputnik, you know, going across the night sky. And I grew up in the age of, you know, the Mercury, Gemini, uh, Apollo missions. And it was, the, the book reads like a novel. I mean, it's, it's a, 
it's very, very well written. And it made me, it made me remember things about my childhood. That's why, you know, I, I read it in terms of the memoir class, because sometimes my memory escapes me, you know, and in reading this, it started to, it started to bring things up, but I really, I really like the idea of, um, it's a, it's a book about the passing of one age into another age, you know, shortly after, <clears throat> excuse me, shortly after um, uh, he goes off to, to college and everything, the mind closes, you know, not to, not to ruin the book for people, but um, as, as we're getting into space, these more traditional lines of work are, are fading into the background. Oh, it's so right. And it's interesting because like you're talking about, I, you know, one of the, the things that, uh, it's like, he's out of sync with like the rest of the, the rest of the town and his goofy friends who want to, who want to be, you know, be his friend. Um, they're there for him. And it, you know, it's kind of neat because eventually they, it, like the three musketeers thing happened only it's more than three musketeers, you know, and it's like, they, yeah. they all come together to, Oh, what the heck I'll join you. Let's figure this out. And, you know, and it's just such a, just that alone in itself, talking about reading like a novel, made me want to keep finding out what happened with him and his friends. And uh, th did they ever blow themselves up or did the rockets actually make it up? And, you know, and I, I, I think I told you, I, you know, as a kid and as an adult, all the way, as my kids got older, uh, and I still do it. I have uh, these uh, Estes rockets, which are model kits, and some of them are more difficult than others to build. But there's nothing better than you put the thing together, you put the engine in it. You attach the little electrodes to it, stand back, push the button, and that thing goes off. And if you're not careful, you can end up with the thing going, you know, if you like put it on there, even though the some of the fins are bent or missing or broke, or you experiment with it and put it on an angle, it's, next thing you know is you're, you know, like it's going all over the place and you're running away going, run away, run away. Right, right. And, you know, it's just, and I think about what these guys achieved. I mean, they're figuring out how to make nozzles. They, they didn't have these model kits. They had, they're instead they're they're trying to build something that's a functioning rocket, and and they're learning about rocketry. And out of that, I mean, um, you know, uh, Homer develops a desire to know more about calculus, and and it's like, oh my god, he wanted to know more about calculus. I took, I went through Calc two, and you know, and in there I went, uh, you know, I think I'm done at Calc two. That was. <laughs> no, Okay. Uh, there's a reason why I didn't move on beyond that, but, um, God, I, I, I was done at, at Calc 0.5, you know, I <laughs> no, it's, it's, was not my, was not my subject. Steve, talk about student agency. You're, you're heavily still into the, the, uh, the school envi environment. I have a, a distance from it, you know, having been retired for a few years, but you know, you're the executive director of, of, um, uh, one of the regional service centers in Georgia, you interact with a lot of superintendents and their principals and their teachers. Um, what is, what do you see in student agency that, that you find attractive? I, th I think that one of the things that uh, we're constantly looking for when, when you're looking for adults who work with kids in schools is people who believe in kids and the, and what they can achieve and what they can do and what they might be thinking about doing. I mean, it's, you know, and, and you want you want that to happen, and I think it's missing from a lot of schools because some people teaching, you know, getting into education is a job as opposed to a calling or as right, right, to, uh, something that they're driven to help kids, you know, 
figure out, I, I like to say that what my purpose for school is, is that I, I want to help kids achieve their dreams. And I think that, you know, that's, that's what a, there are those who really want to do that. And then there's some who don't. And I think what happens is that, you know, that like the conversations that happen when Homer's focused on learning about rockets and stuff like that, everywhere from his friends to the teachers, to the principal of the school, to his dad, and especially his brother, they're all like, you know, yeah, right, Homer, you just, why don't you focus on getting better at being in the mine and right. that's going to be your future. And, and we, you run into that in schools a lot, whether they're talking about a coal mine or whether they're talking about, you know, you want to do what you want to draw comic book superheroes. Really? Don't you think there's uh isn't there something more realistic you want to do, you know, like be a doctor or a lawyer or, um, or, you know, you want to, you want to be at the, you want to be a teacher? Well, what about something else? Or you want to be a, you want to do a, um, you, you're thinking about, uh, you know, helping people get to Mars. I mean, I, I, you know, there's, there's any number of things that what's the typical type of answer that a lot of people will give. Well, really? That's what you want to do. You know, something like that. Or, and how about, let me focus you. Well, Instead, you need the the idea of the the you need teachers who are just as much a dreamer as a kid, so they can, right. they can think about what's possible instead of the impossibilities of it. So why why is why is student agency, voice and choice, necessary today? Why should we be encouraging? Why did it resonate with you and me? Why why should we be encouraging it? You know, I think one of the reasons why is because, you know, I, 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 I'm a dreamer and a schemer. I'm a, I'm somebody who, you know, it's, uh, um, you need that encouragement. You need somebody saying, uh, Hey, that's, that's, or you have to overcome it, you know? And, and the, the problem is it's not that easy to overcome, especially when lots of the voices are against you. I mean, you think about today, there's like everybody trying to tell you what, uh, you know, that either college is bad and you should go into the work world or, or you should get this vocation or you should not get this vocation. You should go to college or, you know, it's, I, I think it's interesting that that whole battle over college, whether it's good or not, it's like, well, it's not meant for everybody. And it's also, you know, it's just like all these other ones are not meant for everybody either. And, and so what is it the kids thinking about doing? Well, you know, some kids haven't thought about it. Others have planned out their whole lives. <laughs> But you just don't know it because you're right. not really listening to them. And I, I think that's well, that's why it resonates with me. I was I was one of those people who at one time I wanted to be a comic book artist and someone who was really, really near and dear to me. I was learning how to draw and doing different things. And and uh, someone said to me, you know, it's it's really a hard life. It take you a long uh. time to get it. I mean, that's almost exact words that were said to me. And and I, I spent a lot of time and and then eventually I kind of switched gears because of that other advice and you know I, for a while i thought about i wanted to be a veterinarian and 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 as a note these are good things for kids to to dream about what they want to do i think and and then to experiment with whether it's going to be good or not so my dad got me a you know a non-paid job with a <laughs> with a veterinarian that he knew and i i spent the whole summer with him you know what i discovered animals die <laughs> oh and i'm like that was the saddest job ever. I mean, there were happy moments. So I'll never forget. There's some happy moments, but there were a lot of sad moments. Yeah. I'm like, this is not for me, man. And, and so I experiment with different things. I have for one time I, for a little while, I wanted to be a jet pilot and I, I was talking about it, talking about it and having fun. And one of my friends said to me, Steve, 
you do understand that's like the biggest roller coaster in the world and you don't like roller coasters. I mean, <laughs> oh, you got a point there, you know. Right. So instead I became an officer in the army, you know, at ground, you know, on the ground. We're good. There you go. There you go. But I I just think that it why it speaks to me is that you, you can see all the dreaming I was doing is my point. Right, right. And and a lot of kids do that, but they they fear telling somebody. And I think they need to be able to say and talk about it. And then even if they don't do it, um, but that they get a chance to start vocalizing what might take to get to where they're thinking about. Right. So two things come to mind. One, um, the late Sir Ken Robinson, you know, did a beautiful TED talk on creativity. Yes. And talked how all kids are born creative, but the current educational system basically squeezes that creativity out of them. And I am not in any way blaming teachers here because I think a lot of teachers would like to have more freedom in terms of the curriculum, but the, the curriculum you and I both taught from it, you know, is very, <clears throat> you have to accomplish X, Y, and Z by a certain time period. And so, you know, that's one thing, but the other, the other thing that came to mind, people sometimes criticize voice and choice. Well, we can't just let kids go off and do whatever they want to do. And you know what? They're right. We have we have confines. We have the, the curriculum confines. But can we infuse, uh, can we give kids a little bit more voice and choice of what they want to do within those confines, within the curriculum, with within what teachers have to teach, and, and hopefully spur some interest on their part that they have some control over it is what they what they want to learn so it's not it's not just throwing the whole structure out and replacing it with student voice and choice but it it's trying to for me student agency is trying to build more uh, student uh, generated ideas or interests into what currently exists Oh, I think that's that's so right. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, it. I think one of the biggest problems is there's this emphasis on people who uh, um, who are not in education, who, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not like all the education people have it, are experts in all this stuff either. But just because you went to school doesn't make you an expert. <laughs> and I think one of the problems that we have is that there's a whole lot of focus on trying to compare us to other people and creating some imaginary sort of uh, um, gains and numbers and wanting to measure everything when, you know, we're not like widgets, we're people and you right. can't sharpen a little here, sharpen a little there, shine it here, shine it there. And suddenly, Oh, it's perfect. Well, there's things that happen in there. And along the way, one of the things that happens is that we are dreaming and we're scheming and we're thinking about things. And if you start shoving it out of me, because that doesn't help me, accomplish anything on the, uh, on the wonderful standardized test. And, you know, cause to me, I, I think one of the things that should happen, I, I think part of this is that we don't understand. We still don't understand exactly what our schools are for. Exactly. You and I've talked about that. That's, that's beautifully said, Steve. Thanks. I, I just think that's just, it's a huge part of it because if, because some people think that it's all about the pathway to a job. Well, to me, it's more like a pathway to thoughts about what you what you like, what you're thinking about. And so, like, for example, if 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 I you know, it's kind of like it would have been cool for me to be able to take some art classes without it costing me you know a lot of time 
that would then interfere with me being able to reach the level that I needed to because of some requirement that the state had at that time. Right. Um, Cause then I would have found out, you know, it's funny as, as a principal, I was in supervising, I was walking through an art, watching the art teacher do his thing. And he was fun to watch as he worked with kids. He's real good working with them. And, and I was walking through and the kids looked up at me and he goes, Mr. Milano, if I'd known art was work, I wouldn't have taken art. Uh. <laughs> and I, I said, I thought that was hilarious, but you know, it, it takes skill and talent, but it also takes time and thinking, is this what I want? Or, you know, like, do I want to be, you know, I, I think all, I think a big part of what school is missing is the idea to help build that. Do I, is this something that I would like to continue with? Is this something that I love you know, to, to experiment with? Like Exactly. Yeah. My brother's a good example. I, you know, we were fortunate. Uh, he went to the same high school I did and we were fortunate because they offered a lot of different classes besides the traditional ones that you had to, you know, take to satisfy the graduation requirements. He got into photography at a, at an early age, loved it, and actually took like an independent photography course while in high school. He never went on to college. He went right into professional photography and has done very, very well because he was allowed to pursue his interests, but also he was supported in pursuing his interests. And that is, that's one of the keys, getting back to the book, that's one of the keys in the book where Homer, his dad may be downplaying this, you know, this interest in rocketry, but the guys who work in the mine are supporting him. They're they're helping him build nozzles. His teacher, Miss Riley, supports him. I want to read a, a section from the book in a in a little bit, but that was so key was that they they saw this interest and they helped him pursue it. Yeah, that was that's an awesome part of his, his story where, um, because without their support, he doesn't, he, you know, he's, he's able to, cause not only are they helping him with using lathes and stuff like this to make the nozzles and, and to create the devices, but they're also cheering him on. Right. Exactly. And there, he's kind of like becoming a hero to him. Um, even though he's not seeing it that way, you can tell that that's what's happening because they're like, this is exciting. He has a chance to do go way out and beyond whatever, you know, the, 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 the mine and right. his dad's unable to see that. And, and it's, uh, but it's, it's so cool. Uh, cause you know, and I'm sorry, I was a high school principal and, you know, the principal, my goodness, man, he's too focused on his, <laughs> this, this very narrow mindset at first, um, which was too bad because I, I, I just think that's where educators, I mean, I, I think we have to really figure out what school's about because, that's where it comes in to play is helping to map out some thoughts about what you might do and um, what you might be interested in and what you might be thinking of. So you could ex experiment with those things. And, exactly. And, so. you know, to your point earlier, you know, about calculus, that to me was a good example of putting your knowledge to use because they were able to use calculus to figure out, remember when they lost one of the rockets Yes. And, and they were blamed because there was a like a small forest fire or something like that. But they were able to use calculus to figure out where their rocket would have landed. They were able to use calculus to figure out how high the rocket was going. So they were actually putting their knowledge to use, which I think in a lot of situations today, kids just aren't able to do that. They're, you know, there's such 
such a demand for these high stakes tests. And I could see, I've been out of it for a while. So, you know, you're, you're, you've still got your, your feet in the building. So tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, you're not wrong. It's it, because it's become even more so it's like, you know, you get a, um, this will be real popular with some people uh, when you, you know, when you get elected to office, that suddenly you become an expert in all things uh, education wise. And it's like uh, that it requires more testing or something. And it doesn't matter what side of the table you're on. It, it's, it suddenly becomes the thing. And it's like, oh, you're instead of reading stuff that shows that this is really kind of putting pressure on stopping them from, you know, wanting to do what they do because they, you know, and talking about the kids because they they start thinking that that's all that matters is the is the score not the not their internal desire and so it kind of makes the takes and i think this is part of what you know ken robinson sir robinson talks about is you know the idea of kind of you know knocking the creativeness out of them yeah uh, and uh which is unfortunate i but i gotta tell you i think this book speaks loudly to the idea that encouragement figuring out that what school's about is about helping to um, expand their desire to know more about and whatever you fill in the blank there. And uh, it's so important. I, I, cause you know, we all have our different interests. I mean, I had, I had friends who um, th their big thing was, you know, looking at uh, one was one went on to become a mechanical engineer and he was very focused. He was taking, he was taking machines apart and trying to figure out, check this out. All right. As a, as a teenager, he ends up getting an, a, a, what was available in those days as an ATV. They were a lot more dangerous because <laughs> um, he flipped it backwards because of what I'm about to tell you. But what he did was he was trying to make a reverse on it. Now that was cool. Cause he's talking about putting a reverse on this machine that is meant to go forward, you know, and through the woods and the mud and, you know, over to right, grandma's right. house to go. And, and, uh, and that was the coolest thing. Well, I didn't think that way. I'm, <laughs> it was cool to be around him. And, you know, one of my other friends, he was brilliant. I mean, he, he, the score he got, the way he did, you know, the stuff he could do, but he, he on purpose in one class wanted to get a C. And so he on purpose did everything to see if he could mathematically figure out how to get a C. <laughs> and he did, he got the C. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, man, I, I you're trying to get a C. I'm trying to stop from getting a C. And, <laughs> you know, and it, and it, and this is my group of friends. And I had some others who did other things. And that gentleman, he went on, he, he, and when he came senior year, he could have been accepted by some of any college in um, in the U.S., if not in the world. And he chose not that there's anything wrong with this, what I'm about to say, but he decided what he really wanted to do was learn how to work on aircraft. And so he joined the Air Force and became some sort of um, did that for a couple of years where he became a mechanic in the Air Force and then went on to do something. And, you know, and it's it's cool. Now, on, on top of that, I've had friend I had a friend who was the most amazing trumpet player ever seen in your life heard in your life. And that was music was his world. I, I just think that's what it's about. It's like trying to figure out how to help keep inspiring that type of thing. And that exactly. in the story, that's what, that's what the teacher does for him. And that's yeah. what, I mean, she buys him the calculus book. Well, but and, that's a good, that's a good segue. Um, um, let me read that part of the book, Steve, where, you know, um, um, Homer, uh, there, there's a, a tremendous snowstorm and, and school is called that day, but Homer goes in anyway because he doesn't he doesn't know that the school was canceled. So he's gone in and runs into his principal in the building. And uh, the principal says, well, as long as you're here, uh, go down to Miss Riley's class to see if she's got any homework for you. So he goes down to Miss Riley's class. I'll, I'll pick it up 
I'll pick it up from there. I headed for Miss Riley's room and was relieved to find her at her desk. I'm sorry I forgot to see you yesterday, I said. I must have been a sorry sight because she looked at me with sincere concern. How did you get here? When I told her, she held out her hand. Let me feel your hands, she said. Oh, they're ice cold. Go down to the cafe cafeteria and get some hot chocolate. I did as I was told. When I got back, she opened her desk drawer and withdrew a book. It looked to be a textbook. Its cover was red. This came in yesterday, she said. Miss Bryson and I put our heads together and ordered it for you. Here. Miss Bryson was the librarian. I took the book and read its title, written in gold gilt on a black bar imprinted on the front cover. It was the most wondrous book title I had ever seen. Principles of Guided Missile Design. This is in the early 60s. I flipped through the pages of the book, seeing chapter titles, amazing chapter titles, passing before my eyes. Aerodynamics relating to missile design. Wind tunnels and ballistic ranges. Momentum theory applied to propulsion and flow through nozzles. Then I read the most wonderful title of a chapter in any book I have, I have ever held. Fundamentals of Rocket Engines. There's calculus in there and differential equations, Miss Riley said. You could ask Mr. Hartsfield. He might help you. I, rever I reverently turned the book in my hands. Can I keep it for a while? It's yours, Sonny. That was his, his name. Um, you can keep it forever. I, I mean, I just get chills reading that because it speaks to the benefit of of teachers knowing kids more than just a student who can ingest knowledge. They know them as a per as a person. So that's that's one of the benefits, you know, getting getting the benefit of teachers who look at kids differently than they might otherwise. The other the other benefit here is that, and you mentioned this earlier, Steve, is that um he wasn't doing this by himself. He was doing it with a group of guys. They formed a team. And some of the other guys might have been into it just a little bit, you know, but but they they formed a team. They 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 knew how to work together. And the other one that, that I think is so interesting is that it got them outside of school. Yes, yes. The the the, the neighborhood, the environment became their laboratory for, for doing this work. And that's so critical is to is to get kids out of the confines of the four walls to see life outside of school and to be able to apply their knowledge in some way outside of school. Oh, I think that's so it's so important to what they they all go on to become because they you know it's funny I mean his group of friends they all have a a separate story for the most part that uh, about what path their their life takes and the mind's not one of them and uh, I just think that's uh, pretty uh, amazing there that uh, especially for the day and age that all this takes place um, to be able to see beyond the little town. Um, you know, it's, I've worked in schools where even though Metro Atlanta is, you know, not that really not that far away. I mean, we're in Metro Atlanta, not Atlanta's not that far away. Um, kids never been there, nor on the other side of it, nor wow. out of the state. And wow. And you, you think about that when, uh, you know, it, yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's just an interesting thing. So that when the school op can operate in the mode of taking kids on field trips and going places, 
Um, some families do this normally. They do, you know, they, they, they don't go field trips, obviously they family trips, they do things. And then there's others that it, it just can't happen for whatever reason. And, and the school plays that role to help inspire that dreaming. I, I have a, a family member who um, he wanted to be a scuba diver and, you know, his inspiration for it, who knows where that came from, but he eventually ends up getting a chance to work, you know, his, his desires to do this and working for very little money and stuff like that eventually led him to a nice position at, uh, um, uh, one of those big, uh, theme parks that's all focused on, uh, on sea life. And, right. and, uh, you know, what a cool thing, because, you know, when you grow up in Florida, you're surrounded by stuff like that, but you'd be surprised how many people would say, Hey, you gonna, you're never going to get a job like that. You know, how are you going to do that? Or, and in school, the same thing happening, you know, it's like, what it, maybe we should have, especially if you're in Florida, maybe we should have, you know, I, I went to high school that had one of the in, engine classes where they worked on, they didn't just have automotives. They had mer, um, marine engines, whatever uh, they call yeah. that, where they worked on big boat engines. You you always knew when they were starting them up because man, it sent this huge sound across the entire campus, but you know, what a cool thing to possibly create uh, something like that. I don't know. I, I, I really, this, this book inspired me about the, the whole thought of, you know, how important his friends, the teachers, the, the, the different, the, his, his father's um, um, colleagues in the mine were in to him being successful. I mean, you know, he had this dream of always wanting to meet um, Von Braun and, you know, what a, what a cool thing, even though, you know, it's kind of like he's talking to his, you know, people in the school about it is one of the things he learned to kind of keep himself quiet about because <laughs> you know, they'd all look at him like, yeah, right. That's going to happen. Yeah, right. And I just, I just think, uh, you know, when we, when it gets to school, how powerful it can be. There's too many voices out there that uh, just want to squelch those dreams and tell people what to do. Cause we need more of this or we need more of that instead of the opposite, which is encouraging the, the pursuit of, uh, and they may learn that that's not the direction they want to go, but you know, that's to me, that's, it's about, what school to me, what school is about is helping to fuel their dreams about whatever that about is. Yeah. And, whatever they can be. Yeah. Um, I, I interviewed a, a wonderful um, principal, Steve. She took over a, one of the lowest performing elementary schools in Kansas. This was over 900 kids in an elementary school. If you can imagine <laughs> and they traditionally had the worst scores. Kids were uh, kids were in bad shape. And she decided um, that the main focus of all of their work, and this gets to one of your points, was we have to we have to instill in these kids that they can be something that they can have a future. They can be more than they think they are. And she hired people. She hired the major criteria for hiring new teachers was that they love kids. Nice. She said, I can teach them to teach, but I can't teach them to love kids. Yeah. And the only way you're going to get into my building is if you love kids. And you can write the end to this story. You know what happened in that school building, but that's an example 
of teachers looking at kids differently. And this is why COVID was so damaging, you oh. know, looking at being able to look at kids more than just in an academic sense, but in a, a very personal sense. And I know I had 125, 130 kids, you know, that's hard. And nothing in my training, nothing in my training helped me look at kids that way. It was only when I was in the school for two or three years that I started to look at my kids differently. You know, I wanted to teach history, but I wanted to, I wanted to find out more about my kids. So, so important. I mean, because that's what's cool. It's like, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I think this is where we lose that interest because we're there's there's this force that we have to contend with, which is all about um, explaining what arbitrary score we need to score or a kid needs to score on something. Um, whereas it seems to me that the score needs to be turned around to deal with, yeah, there's certain basic information that everybody needs to learn. But after, after beyond that, it needs to come from the idea of where's their heart and what's it, what's it directed towards? Cause I, I mean, I, I'll give you an example, you know, as an assistant principal, I was in a building one day and uh, I get called uh, from the front office and said, Hey, Steve, can you go to room so-and-so because we are pretty sure the sub didn't come in and we think the kids have been sitting in there for a couple hours. <laughs> oh my and gosh. Like, yeah. So now some classrooms, if that happened, you know, you don't know what you might find, right? And so I go run into that classroom. I go in there, and there are two kids standing at the board, and it's an AP calculus class, whatever that's called, right? It's like calculus BC or something like this. And and uh, but it's an AP calculus class, and two kids are standing at the board, and they're leading a discussion <laughs> with the with the other kids in the class about this work that the teacher had assigned them. And he had had some emergency that morning, and they tried to get him a sub, and the sub never showed up, and. It's literally right before lunch. And I walked in there and said, and you have to know, I was, I was the, the assistant principal who was, who was thought of as the mean guy. All right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, discipline. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so I walk in there thinking I'm going to find chaos and instead it's the exact opposite. It's like, oh my gosh, they're teaching each other. This is, you know, and I, I almost think, so there's some kids that that's, that's their world too. You know, it's like, so we should be inspiring that, which you know, that's part of what Homer's world was. He, he exactly could learn anything he found out, you know, because he, he had to learn. I mean, he has he has the friend um, who's who's just so good. And, who's, you know, everybody thought he was weird because he was, you know, he thought about all kinds of stuff up here. And Homer ends up realizing that's who I want to be friends with. And because he understands me or at least part of me. And, yeah, well, you know, he can help me figure it out, too. Yeah. Right? And it's such a and that's a big part of their world, too. I mean, because you start connecting with that, you know, it's like. One of the things that uh, I would I did uh, I was a theater sponsor in a school uh, that had had theater in a long time and I told the principal I can do that I said if you haven't had theater in a long time not a problem I'll build I'll build you a, a startup theater program and we'll go from there and and you know one of the the cool things about that is that you always find in theater I use theater as an example because you find kids who want to be the actors but you find kids who would rather have a bit part but also build things and or some who would like to learn how to write their own scripts. Right. And there's all kinds of worlds right there, just in that alone. Whereas some people think that, uh, you know, well, it's all about acting. What, you know, and they might tell them, what money are you going to make in that? You're going to go to Hollywood? You really, you're going to do, you know, anyway, I, I could babble on about that for long because uh. everything that we do is something, you know, I, I messed around. I, I enjoyed music. I played trumpet. I played trumpet for, since I was in fourth grade and, 
but I was never going to be, you know, some massive trumpet player. And, and I'm trying, trying to think of some modern ones, but um, well, I, was, I was never going to be Al Hurd. I was never going to be Herb Alpert. I was never going to be Winston Harry, Marsalis. Uh, right. There we go. I was never going to be Winton Marsalis. And, you know, but they, uh, but I loved it. And I love the performing and stuff like this. And, and, uh, but I did have a friend who, if he didn't go on to become a professional musician, the world lost a, a talent there, but yeah. it's, but at least I got to experiment with it and use it and have fun with it. And, and it, it, wouldn't you know it, that tool served me well as a principal and an assistant principal. I got to, I used it to, I would play in the band, um, to get to know the kids so that they would see me not just as the mean guy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Steve, I'm going to close out my side of the mic um, with a quote. Uh, and this quote is from the movie, but it's also in the book. And this is Homer speaking to his dad when they they shoot up the last rocket. I forget which one it is, AUK 33 or AUK 31 or whatever. And his dad shows up. He's never He's never seen them launch a rocket before, but he shows up this time. And Homer brings the the firing board over to his dad. You know, it's got a switch on it that will ignite the rocket. And he says, he's, he looks at his dad and he says, a rocket won't fly unless somebody lights the fuse. And that's, it's, again, it's just a beautiful metaphor for what we as educators can do with kids. You know, we can help light that fuse, you know, so that's that's it for me. Uh, it was a beautiful book, and um, I love the concept of giving kids student agency, um, helping them to take their knowledge, to do things with their knowledge, and uh, to look at kids differently. Oh, I love that. What a great part. In the, you just gave me goosebumps <laughs> on my arms. It's like, oh, yeah, I love that part because it's because that lighting the fuse is what so many good uh people do that work with with kids is trying to figure out how to inspire them to keep going after it and figure it out you know and it's i think it's just so important i mean and, and you know it's um i i have this i have this memory of uh you know because it happens in all kinds of different parts of our lifestyle and parts of our world you just never know where it's going to come from and i i think that's what we need to do in schools is uh is figure out how to light that fuse i love that thanks for for sharing that because that's a that's an awesome part of that book because it's like because you want him to be good with his dad yeah and, exactly and it the life was happening where it wasn't going to happen unless you know he helps he helps his dad figure it out right well steve it's been great sitting on the bench with you on the park bench with you for an hour and uh i, look, here, forward, I look forward to the next topic uh maybe we can talk about marvel or uh, dc comic books or something all right that sounds good. That sounds good. And we got to, we got to work on getting the pigeons to cooperate with us here, you know, come in and join the conversation or something. <laughs> Very good. All right, my friend, we'll talk. Talk to you soon. Take care, Jeff. All right. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. 
Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.